What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Tuesday, October 1st, man. It's already in October. It's crazy, but hope all you guys start your month off right. Do what you got to do. Grind hard. Work hard. Do what you got to do. Count your blessings. Don't ever let your blessings slip. And don't ever not appreciate your blessing because what you have, a lot of people would kill for what you have. So always appreciate your blessings. Always appreciate the things in life that a lot of people take for granted because one day we won't have it anymore. So with that being said, though, today I want to come at you guys and talk about game two of the WNBA finals. Now, game one between the Connecticut Sun and the Washington Mystics was a pretty good one. Like I said, I did not catch the entire game. I saw some highlights of it, though, because I got mixed up between watching my Rams and lose to the freaking Buccaneers and then that game. But I know Ariel Atkins had a really good game. And I know from the highlights that I saw, because I watched the highlights a couple different times, that the Mystics just honestly look like the better team. To me personally, I think they are the better team. I think they will end up winning this series. But do not sleep on the Connecticut Sun. So game two actually took place today. And before I get into the game, let me get into the box score real quick. So for the Washington Mystics real quick, LaToya Sanders had eight points, two rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. Elena Deladon only had one rebound. We'll talk about that in a minute why. Chrissy Tolliver had 13 points, seven assists, two rebounds, one steal. Natasha Cloud had nine points, four assists, and two rebounds. Ariel Atkins had five points, three assists, and three rebounds. Ariel Powers had 11 points and three rebounds. Tiana Hawkins had 16 points, one assist, and six rebounds. Emma Miesemann, continuing her hot stretch, had 23 points, three assists, eight rebounds, and one steal. So, for the Connecticut Sun, Shekinah Strickland had seven points, two rebounds, one steal. Alyssa Thomas had 21 points, six assists. 12 rebounds and one steal. John Quill Jones had a historic night in one of the best performances in, in the WNBA Finals of all time with 32 points, one assist, 18 rebounds, and three blocks. Jasmine Thomas had eight points, four assists, and four rebounds. Courtney Williams, who's still killing it and is a true bucket getter, had 22 points, six assists, three rebounds. And Bria Holmes had nine points, two assists, two, re- two rebounds, and one steal. So, Man, this game was a really good game between two high-caliber teams, obviously both making the WNBA Finals, so they both deserve to be here. So, going into the first quarter, though, the Connecticut Sun came out a little bit sloppy with their passing in the half-court offense, but Alyssa Thomas came out and set the tone for the Connecticut Sun almost immediately. Like, every time the Sun missed their first shot on the offensive end, Alyssa Thomas was getting it and putting it right back in for an easy layup. They could not keep her off the glass. She was dominant all night when it came to that faucet of the game. But also, for the Washington Mystics, Natasha Cloud had a couple bad turnovers, too, for herself. She was throwing some uncharacteristic passes, like, throughout the half court that just weren't normal passes that she makes, and it kind of cost them, gave up some easy transition points for the Sun. But also, going back for the Sun, Jasmine Thomas was getting to the rim almost at will. She had a couple layups in that first quarter where the Mystics just got lost in a couple screen plays in the half court, and Jasmine Thomas was just picking them apart, getting downhill, and finishing through traffic. Then the refs, honestly, the thing that I liked about this game the most was that the refs were not calling this game tight. Like, they were letting this game go. They were letting the, the women be scrappy. They were letting them fight for the loose ball for the most part. They did have a call where it was kind of skeptical where they were where Tiana Hawkins and Alyssa Thomas were both on the floor, and they didn't really give them a chance to wrestle for the ball. They just called a jump ball immediately. But, you know, aside from that play, though, 
they were really getting after it. Like it was a lot of pushing and shoving going on from Chrissy Tolliver and Courtney Williams had a little back or Ariel, excuse me, Ariel Atkins and Courtney Williams had a, a, a pushing and shoving match and the refs didn't even call it. It was honestly quite noticeable, but you could have called a double foul or a double tech on them, but they let it go. So I kind of respected the rest for that. They did a pretty good job officiating from both sides though. Um, but man, the thing that really hurt the Mystics and the reason that they only that Elena Deladon only had one rebound was because she only played probably about four minutes in that first quarter because at first I don't know what it what it was. It kind of looked like she just looked like she was tired, but then they subbed her out. She went to the or she didn't even go and sit on the bench. She went straight to the locker room and they came out like a couple minutes later and said that she had back spasms and she'd been dealing with back spasms for a while now. And honestly, as a as a former player and I used to have back spasms. It's one of the worst feelings of all time. It's almost like somebody's constantly picking at your spine and like letting go. Like it's like somebody's grabbing your spine and like squeezing and letting go 24-7. And I know the pain that she was going through and it sucks and it's tough. Hopefully we can get her back for game three on Sunday in Connecticut. But she did not come back and play for the rest of the game. And honestly, after that, the Connecticut Sun just noticed that and they went to work. Like Courtney Williams... She's been a bucket ever since I watched her in the WNBA semifinals versus the Sparks. Like, honestly, she was unguardable. She came out, first quarter, had two threes, had an easy layup, and they actually had her mic'd up, and she was talking a whole lot of smack. She was like, I'm a bucket. They cannot stop me. This girl cannot guard me. She was talking, I believe she was talking about Christy Tolliver. She was like, she cannot guard me at all. And it was the truth. She is a true-time bucket get. I like Courtney Williams a lot. She's confident. She knows how to get to her spots. And she's just a really good shooter from the mid-range, from the three. And she can get to the lane, you know, once in a while too. But she got hot going towards, towards the end of that first quarter. And then John Quell Jones, she was easily, like I said, she had 32 points and 18 rebounds. She was easily the MVP for the Connecticut Sun tonight. She was eating all night long she was getting offensive rebounds defensive rebounds she had a few blocks she was hitting threes she's six six they call her the bahamian beast because she's from the bahamas and she looked like she looked like that all the way to a t tonight she was killing and at the end of the first quarter the sun led by a score of 29 to 17 so going into the second quarter though the Mystics started off with on a 9-2 run because they subbed in mike tebow subbed in his bench and tiana hawkins Ariel Powers came in and gave them really good minutes. Tiana Hawkins had a couple big-time threes to close in the gap to get the Mystics back in the game. And Ariel Powers, shout-out to Ariel Powers out of Michigan State, one of the greatest uh, women's basketball players out of Michigan State. She was aggressive out the gate. Like, she came in the game and was honestly just fearless. She was getting to the rack. She actually forced Jonquil Jones to pick up a couple fouls and put her in foul trouble and get her on the bench. And that kind of cost some... Uh, disturbance for Kurt Miller and his squad for the Sun, but Ariel Powers did a really good job of coming in and, and leaving a stamp um, with the minutes that she got to play. Also, for the Sun, Bria Holmes really stepped up in that second quarter. She had some big-time plays. She had a couple of jumpers um, off the mid-range. She had a really good pass coming off a, a half-court screen set to Jonquil Jones that, to give it wide open for an easy layup. She's a really good playmaking guard. I like her game a lot. She's really scrappy on the defensive end, and she really showed out in that second quarter to extend the lead and keep the Sun on a really good roll in that second quarter. And then the, the Sun defense really picked up. Jonquil Jones, even though, like I stated, she got into a, few, a couple of fouls, a couple of bad fouls, if you ask me, the Suns' defense really, really picked up. They were locked in. They were making all the right rotations. They were making all the right reads. They were playing passing lanes very aggressive, and the Mystics paid for it. And that's when they really jumped out to a nice lead and then got out in transition to score some buckets. And then at halftime, the score was 56-46. to 46. The Connecticut Sun were leading. Going into the third quarter, 
Courtney Williams came out and was still hot. She was still a bucket. She had a nice little mid-range jumper. Honestly, her jumper is just nice. Like, the form, everything about it is right. And she has this little, like, she has a little through the legs and then crossover and then pull-up move. Honestly, it looks like it's going to go in every time. And it's like the Knicks haven't really picked up on the move, but she knows how to get to it and do it to a T where it's pretty much unguardable. And you got to give Kurt Miller and his staff a really good uh, a really round of applause, to be honest, because they get her off screens and it makes it look easy. Like she gets open all the time because she really knows how to read screens and read the defender and pick and choose her spot. So she did a really good job on that. Also, like I stated, Ariel Powers was cooking like when she came into the the game in that third quarter she hit i forgot who was gardner but she hit the girl with a nice in and out crossover got to the rack and then forced john quell jones to get her fourth foul and it was an and one it was a really nice play got the whole crowd the whole mystics crowd on their feet like i stated they were playing at home all of the all the washington crowd got on their feet turned up the crowd and that's when the mystics started to get back into the game and then Emma Mieseman came to life. She had a pretty quiet first half, especially, you know, they kind of needed her with Elena Della Don going out. She had to step up and step in and come into the game. But she came alive in that third quarter and started to really find her rhythm, whether it was pick and pop where she really excels at, shall I say, or just getting to the lane and finishing through traffic and posting up. She's a really good post player when it comes down to it. Um, and like I said, they got into a 10-2 Mystics run that put them down 67-71. to They were coming back. And then... Jonquil Jones picked up the fourth foul, and then she went onto the bench, and that's when the Mystics really put their foot on the gas and noticed that they could win this game, and they started to really make a run. And then the Sun actually missed nine consecutive shots until at the end of the third quarter, Courtney Williams hit a big-time mid-range jumper to put the Sun up 73-69 to at the end of the third. And going into the fourth, Tiana Hawkins was getting to it early for the Washington Mystics. She had a couple big-time buckets to keep them and try and give them the lead. They were down one at a point, but they could just never get over that hump. And as I stated in the third quarter, the Mystics crowd got really into the game. They felt their team was coming back and making a huge surge. They, they, had, they had the game, really. They had a lot of opportunities. I feel like every time, like, say they were down three points, the Mystics would try and shoot a three, or they were down two points, and obviously they were trying to shoot a two, and I just feel like they should have just taken the best look possible. They did kind of settle for threes a couple different times in that fourth quarter that they shouldn't have taken, like Natasha Cloud had a wide open three, but she didn't really set her feet right, and she didn't really have the ball, you know, right in her hands, and it ended up, she shot it, and it ended up hitting the side of the backboard, so it was like, they just had some better looks that they could have taken, and they didn't really capitalize on them, and I feel like that's when the Sun really took advantage of that, like in the fourth quarter, Alyssa Thomas took over like she turned into a point guard it was it was literally a play where she grabbed the defensive rebound and Kurt Miller the head coach of the Sun wanted her to give it to their point guard and Jasmine Thomas and she said nah forget that she put up a little one she went iso took it against Emma Miesman went straight to her right hand drove it one dribble to the right finished easy layup like she just turned into a complete point guard it was another play she got it in the post worked out worked out a double team came to her. She kicked it to the corner, and I believe, I want to say it was either Jasmine Thomas or maybe it was Courtney Williams that hit a three, and pretty much the Sun just took the game right there, even though I give credit to the misses because even with their MVP, Elena Deladon, not being in the game and not returning to the game after the first quarter, they put up a really good fight. Chrissy Tolliver was pretty aggressive. She was trying to get to her spots, but she honestly, I got to give Jasmine Thomas a lot of credit. She kind of held Chrissy Tolliver to low, low scoring tonight. She didn't let, let her get to her spots or nothing like that. Um, and yeah, John Quill Jones, they put her back in the game. She picked up her fifth foul in that, um, fourth quarter. She came back into the game and honestly, the Mystics just had literally no answers for her. Like she was just killing. It's like 
every offensive rebound or every defensive rebound she was getting. And it honestly, the Mystics just had no chance. Like, Elena Deladon is a really good rebounder. She in the game one, she kept um Jonquil Jones off the boards in that in that first game, but without her tonight, it kind of hurt. And Emma Mieseman didn't do the best job. She did an okay job of trying to get rebounds and boxing out Jonquil Jones and Alyssa Thomas, but it just didn't work out in the end for their favor. They got to work on that if they want to get the game three win. Um, especially if Elena Deladon doesn't play. But pretty much to end the game, John Quill Jones hit a big-time three-pointer off an out-of-bounds baseline set where she literally just popped out. She pump-faked it for a second, shot the three, and then she put she put him up 94-85. to 85. And then the final score ended up being 99-87. to 87. The Connecticut Sun stormed into the nation's capital and beat the Washington Mystics in Game 2 of the WNBA Finals. Now, it was a really, really big time win. Honestly, I like it. Some team stats, though, that honestly stuck out to me that I feel like need to pay more attention. The Sun, they shot 42 of 84 overall from the field. That's 50%. So that means the Mystics defense either needs to step up and figure some things out or just needs to simply play harder. I feel like it was some possessions where the Mystics honestly just weren't even putting a hand up. Like they weren't contesting shots hard enough. Even though John Quill Jones is 6'6", she's going to get her jumper. She's she's big. She's a most often than not, she's going to be the tallest person on the court. But it was some other plays where I just feel like the misses were just letting them shoot, like even if they were in their face. But another stat, the Sun shot 8 of 14 from 3, which is 42% also. So you got to contest shots. Courtney Williams is a really good shooter. Bria Holmes can knock down shots. John Quill Jones can hit shots for him. Jasmine Thomas can hit some threes. You got to play. You got to step up defensive-wise a lot. Like, And they run a lot of off-ball screens in that Sun offense, so the Mystics really got to figure out how, to, how they're going to play that. And then the biggest stat of the night that obviously will probably pop out to everybody if they look at the box score was the Sun out-rebounded the Washington Mystics 41-27. to Like, I'll say it again, 41-27. to John Quill Jones had 18 of those rebounds, and Alyssa Thomas had 12 of those rebounds. So... You got to keep them off the boards. They got to figure out how to box out. They got to they gotta do what they got to do. Game three is on Sunday. I believe the game is in Connecticut. The series will shift up to, to Connecticut, and we'll see what they can do. It's a, a long time from now, a couple days off, a few days off, to be honest, which I don't know why it's such a big gap in between game three and game four, but or excuse me, game two and game three. But it is what it is. Congrats to the Sun for getting the win. I can't wait for game three. It's going to be a really, really good high-level battle. Hopefully, Elena, excuse me, Elena Deladon could come back and be healthy, hopefully, and play in that game. But that is that. So before I get y'all out of here, let me get into some recruiting real quick. Now, a major, major recruit and one of my favorite players in the class of 2020, one of my favorite point guards, who goes by the name of Caleb Love, who is a 6'3 point guard out of St. Louis, Missouri, who goes to Christian Brothers College. Played on the Nike EYBL circuit this past summer for Bradley Bill Elite, formerly known as the St. Louis Eagles, who averaged 15.8 points per game, 40% from the field, 5 assists per game, 4.5 rebounds per game, and almost 2 steals per game. Has committed to the North Carolina Tar Heels and Coach Roy Williams of the ACC. Now, this is a very, very, very big pickup. Caleb Love is the ultimate playmaker. 
He is a bucket getter, most important, you know, first and foremost. He will dunk on you. He has a really good jumper, really good form. He's aggressive. His playmaking ability honestly took a big leap this past summer. He really turned into more of a pure point guard instead of just getting buckets all the time. He learned how to find his teammates, whether it was off backdoor cuts, off backdoor screens. They ran a lot of really good sets for him. He he got better in the pick and roll situation. He, his decision was decision making was much much better. Roy Williams gets another talent talented point guard from Kobe White to Cole Anthony who's up next and then Caleb Love after this it's interesting you know a lot of people were saying that Roy Williams lost his recruiting touch but you cannot lose your recruiting touch when you coach at a school like North Carolina it's one of the most if not the most coveted college basketball program when it comes to basketball it's up there and you know Roy Williams is never going to lose his touch as long as he's at Carolina they're always going to be relevant even when he's not at Carolina after his days they're still going to be relevant because they're such a big brand from Jordan Brand to all the players that they produce with James Worthy, Vince Carter, all the players that they produce you know they're just going to keep growing but he is the third five star to commit to the Tar Heels in this 2020 class he joins Dayron Sharp who was a, a really good, talented uh, power forward slash center out of Winterville, North Carolina. And he joins Walker Kessler, who just committed last week, who's a 6'11", 7-foot center, but can play like kind of plays like Dirk Nowitzki out of Fairburn, Fairburn, Georgia. So this is a really good class. And honestly, I do not think they are done yet. Now, I don't know. The, the last two options that they're looking at, it seems like Arcade Cunningham, who's one of the top guards also um, in the class, and Zaire Williams. Me personally, I do think they will end up with Zaire Williams and that will complete their class of 2020 class. But I will not be surprised if they do get Kay Cunningham too, even though I do think ultimately Kay will end up at Oklahoma State. But Zaire Williams getting him definitely should be the last priority for the 2020 class. But man, Roy Williams and staff have put together a really good 2020 class, even if they just finish out with these three players, it's going to be special. Like Duke has a really good 2020 class too, but Roy Williams is right there on their back. But with that being said, though, hopefully all you guys enjoyed this. As always, shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. Go check their, their excuse me, go check out their other podcast and featured on their network. Go check out their content. Go check out their Twitter. They're always making that heat. College basketball is coming up very, very soon. I believe we're just five weeks away from the college basketball season when my Michigan State Spartans take on Kentucky at the Champions Classic. I cannot wait. But with that being said, Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share, and all those other good things. If you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please share and leave a rate and review. I appreciate it. It's how we spread the podcast, and that's how we grow. As always, though, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. You guys have a beautiful and blessed rest of your night, rest of your week, and I will talk to you guys soon. Peace, love, and blessings gone.